0: Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you on the pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Welcome to on the pace on a Monday morning. Michael Gearon joining you to talk all things harness racing for the next thirty minutes or so. A busy, a busy and varied show this morning because we had New South Wales success all over the place. Over the weekend, also today, we'll talk to a former Australian, now domiciled in New Zealand, Natalie Rasmussen, has some very key drives at the Harness Jewels. They are in New Zealand coming up on Sunday. The fields are out, as are the markets, on tab.com.au. We'll try and find a winner with Natalie. But the biggest win of the weekend for the New South Welshman was actually at Melton. In Victoria, we have Blake Fitzpatrick and Brian Portelli combined with pasty delight to win the three-year-old Australian pacing bold with $350,000. Blake, thank you for joining us this morning, mate, and congratulations.
1: Uh, Thanks very much, mate. Good morning.
0: Mate, it wasn't uh, an easy day at the office. There's no jumping on planes to Victoria, popping up here, driving a horse and coming back at the moment. So tell us about the dispensation you needed to get and your journey to drive Tasty Delight at Melton on Saturday night.
1: Yeah, well, probably, to be honest, Nick, we, myself and Jack Trainer, who was also driving at the meeting, we were never really sure until Saturday morning if we were going or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we made numerous calls to uh, Mr. Grant Adams here, our chairman of the stewards, and Saturday morning he gave us permission to go down on the condition that we drove, and... We didn't stop, once we got to the border, we didn't stop anywhere in Victoria and we basically drove straight to Milton, um, drove in the races we were in and back in the car and drove straight home. So, yeah, it was, it was quite a long day, and, um, but thankfully it was well worth it.
0: Okay, who does the driving? Do you divide that in half? Does one person drive most of the way and somebody sleeps? How does this sort of adventure work?
1: No, we just we just every time we were tired we'd swap and um yeah, we both probably did half half and yeah, I was lucky Jack was with me, otherwise it probably would have been a trip that was just too hard.
0: So mate, you finished the driving and what you jumped in the car and drove straight back overnight?
1: Yeah, we did Nick. I think we left Melton about nine thirty and probably got back into back into Canberra where myself and Jack live, probably around quarter to six, um Sunday morning, so yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> the first half of the trip was, was quite good, but then it got testing towards the end, that's for sure.
0: But it was worth it, um, particularly for you. Jack, of course, finished third on Antonia in his three-year-old final after having no luck with the barrier draw. You had luck with the barrier draw, and tasty be delighted. Basically, Blake, being able to hold that lead into the first bed was the winning of the race.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The first 100 metres of that race was, was vital for his chances. And I knew from the limited times I'd driven the horse, he, he'd always shown good gait speed, Nick. I was never at a point where I'd had to use it, but I was confident the way the mobiles run in Melton and the short run to the first corner, I was really confident that he'd be able to hold the horse to his outside to the corner, and then they wouldn't be able to cross him. But yeah, thankfully that's the way it turned out.
0: Like he's obviously a very good horse-tasting delight, but from a punter's point of view, he never gives you much confidence. He's not one of those big, strong, chesty sort of horses who blows up and looks keen in front. He, he sort of seems to just dawdle around and, and actually never looks to be going that fast. How does it feel when you drive him?
1: Yeah, you're right. It gives you that feel driving him. He's very deceiving. He's, he covers the ground and does it so easily. He does feel like he's going a lot slower than what he actually is. But yeah. also driving the horse in front, he's, he's quite lazy and very relaxed and he'll let the horses get to the crossbar, but he won't let them get any further. So, yeah, you're probably right. He's a horse that probably will never win by big margins or anything like that. But I know one thing, he's a very hard horse to get around once he's in front, that's for sure
0: make the three-year-old season vastly different than it used to be. We're into winter but of course the back end of the three-year-old season hasn't even started yet. Do you think he's a horse who if Brian puts him aside for a, a few weeks or so, he might come back a, a better horse for those derbies, which now of course aren't some of them, raced until November, because he's a bit better delight and they do tend to improve with a bit of
1: time. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's definitely a horse that Physically, he's still quite immature and definitely a horse that will continue to improve with age and Brian's managed him really well up to this point and looked after him his whole career, so I'm sure whatever path he chooses with him will be for the best interest of the horse.
0: Mate, were you uh, in the car in time or did you watch it in the driver's room, your Quinella in the feature trot at Menangle? because that's not something that happens every day. You're in a group one at Melton and then you train the Quinella of the feature trotting race at Manangle. Did you actually see all cashed up betting? more shades of gold?
1: Uh, no, I didn't, Nick. I think I was actually on the track still at Melton at that point but, yeah, I had plenty of time on the way home to watch the replay and, yeah, it was a great result. Both both horses have been racing really well and um, all cashed up, which I think I mentioned to you a few weeks ago. He's a, quite a promising horse. that's really suited to the Menangle style of racing and he's only lightly raced he's still got it all ahead of him.
0: But it wasn't just about that for the weekend for you. Fitzpatrick Racing Stables trained a galloper to win on Friday. Tell us about your expansion into the galloping world and how many gallopers you eventually hope to have.
1: Yeah, it's something me and Lisa have um, probably ventured into over the last season, Nick, and uh, we've got a stable of around six thoroughbreds in work at the moment and yeah we've had a great time there's been racing really consistently and been a real learning curve for us both but yeah it's a wonderful industry so professional and um yeah it's great to be a part of it
0: so far you've been able to win races at places like the Dubbo's and co what's your dream as a galloping trainer? would you love to have one thundering down the straight at Randwick one day
1: yeah, I think that's any trainer's dream. It's a it's a very competitive sport, that's for sure. And with so much money involved and so many trainers, and it's uh, very competitive. But yeah, the the calibre of horse we have at the moment are basically country, provincial grade, and hopefully we can continue to improve and get a city class horse, which would be fantastic.
0: Do you either jump in the saddle yourself and and have a hack around, or do you leave that to people who who maybe weigh a bit less than you?
1: Yeah, no, I'm the only tracklet rider at the moment, so I don't have much choice, Nick. Until I can be replaced, I'm here at the moment.
0: All right. <laughs> you're obviously a busy man. I hope you're getting your sleep because you're also heading um, to Bankstown today. You're going to head out there for a drive or a couple of drives, only very small field. First race at Bankstown today goes at 2.21, so it's a latest start for an afternoon meeting. You're driving Total Diva for Peter Hansen, uh, and the sixth on the card. Not a great at draw, but there's only six on the race. What sort of chance do you give yourself?
1: Yeah, she's dropping a long way down in grade today, Nick, to what she raced last week at Benangle. And uh, the mare that did a really good job last preparation, raced at a pretty good level. And I think today she'll appreciate that drop back and back to a home track at Bankstown. She should be very hard to beat.
0: Uh, similar type of horse and wav, Firebug, who has been good at Menangle in the past. She drive that also for Peter on the home track and raced five at 4.48. Yeah,
1: she's another very similar mare. She's done a fantastic job her whole career, and she's also dropping back in grade. And I drove her a first run back from a spell last Tuesday at Menangle, and was, although she didn't run anywhere, it was quite a good run. The sectionals were good, and, yeah, she's another one that will... Um, Really appreciate that, dropping back to Bankstown today.
0: Mate, you take a couple of pretty decent horses to Manangle tomorrow. Lindy's Love is in the two-year-old trot. It's another one of the foundation heats and looks a pretty good horse. And uh, later in the day, a horse who I find a little bit hard to follow, but I know the motor's there, and that's rolling secret. Can you advise our listeners how to attack those two on the punt? First of all, Lindy Love, race two tomorrow.
1: Yeah, Lindy Love... An improving type. She's only a two year old, but um, very well gated. Her manners are uh, probably her greatest asset and strikes a similar field tomorrow. So, the beauty of her, she has good gait speed and she can put herself in the race. So, yeah, she looks a winnable chance. And Rolling Secret, I've been pleased with her this preparation. She had a long break. She was out for probably nearly six months and it's just taken her a couple of extra runs just to get a race fit. But I thought last week, although she Looked to have every chance. Um, her run was an improvement. Her sectionals were good and strong to probably lead tomorrow. And I think that's where she races, definitely. Well,
0: you've had a hell of a weekend. Not every trainer can say they've trained a galloping winner along with their wife, of course, on Friday. driven to driven to uh, Melton them back and driven a Group 1 winner and then trained a Quinella a trotting race. At angle Blake, lots to be proud of, mate. You should be. Um, good luck today. Hope you get some sleep at some stage to catch up, catch up on everything, mate. And uh, thank you for flying the New South Wales flag so high in a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar race on Saturday night.
1: Mate, thanks for having me on. Nick.
0: Blake Fitzpatrick, remarkable story. So he and his wife Lisa trained a Galloping, but well, no, I think it was Dubbo on Friday. Then he drove, as you just heard, to. Malcolm in Victoria drove a Group 1 winner, and while he was on the track doing that, he quenilled as a trainer for Trotting Race coming out of Menangle. So, huge weekend for Team Fitzpatrick, and they head to Bankstown today to try and keep the momentum. viewers and listeners on Harness Racing, she's a former Queenslander these days, of the slightly colder climates of the South Island. Natalie, thanks for joining us this morning. Just for those people who have been to Queensland or like the, the nice weather in New South Wales, um, how long did it take you to get used to the winters in Canterbury, which can be sometimes a lot of fun?
2: <laughs> hey, good morning, Nick. Um, well, I did arrive in August, so it probably took me at least a few years. I know when I first got here, I thought I'd never be warm ever again. Um, And currently, as we speak, it is absolutely freezing and pouring rain. So I think it's about two degrees out there at the moment.
0: (laughs) Uh, Strange question. That I've never asked you this, and all the time I've known you, is there anything different about training horses in those type of conditions to how you would have trained horses when you were in Queensland, apart from, of course, what you wear?
2: Uh, Most definitely, because I think here the colder weather, you know, you can sort of more work all day in it. You know, at home we were very, very conscious of trying to get them off the track um, before it got too hot, especially in the summer. Um, But I I would say fundamentally it's much the same thing. They've still got to be fit, but just more about your timing and probably a lot more swimming over there and that sort of thing. Maybe the water treadmills and all that and aqua walkers um, as opposed to, to here where you don't really want them in the water in the middle of winter. Um.
0: 2021 has been an unusual year for you, Nat, because you and your partner, Mark Purden decided to take a step away from full-time training. And and these days, Hayden uh is in charge of the team there. You and Mark help out around the major carnivals, as you told the owners you would. And it gives you the chance to, to also do other things with your life. How do you find that balance, that after being so immersed in it for such a long time, I know there's been times this year where you've had two or three weeks where you didn't see a horse. How do you find that?
2: Look, Mick, it's been great. Um, I think it was a decision Mark and I didn't make lightly. Um, It was two years in the making and getting it all in place the way we wanted it. Um, So, But look, I think it's it's been very good for both of us. I I don't think we realised how tired we were until we sort of took that step back. Um, I I know the first few weeks, like I, I slept, most nights for 18 hours. I was just, I think we were just physically, mentally and emotionally exhausted. So just being able to step back that little bit, we've sort of got the best of every world now with leasing the property to Hayden so we get a nice little income off of that. Plus we still go over and help out leading up to your major meetings. Mark's still on the phone every day to Hayden, just helping him out with work lists and different horses. Um, and then we both go over and track work for your major meetings, uh, Mark's up in Auckland currently um, for the jewels, uh, and I still up tomorrow for the last workouts on Wednesday, Friday, before Sunday. So I think well, that the, the balance now is very good for us.
0: It hasn't affected your driving. You're driving like an absolute demon at the moment. You've won five or six both nights at 18th recently. You go to the jewels on Sunday. So the first race at the Jules is 10 at 17 at Sydney time on Sunday, for those who want to tune in on Sky. and. You've got some really interesting draws this week and none more interesting than race one. You're on Amazing Dream, is clearly the best source for the race. She's drawn one on the second line. Now, we all know she's good enough to win, but around Cambridge, which is a real dashing track, it's not going to be easy Matt. What's your attitude to one on the second line? Because I know in the past you've always thought one on the second line you'd punch through from the second line, but I'm not entirely sure that's going to be the tactics on Amazing
2: Dream. Oh, it's one of those things. I think I'll weigh that up as the gate leaves. I can't really make that choice because quite often I've drawn on the second row and I've been fully intent on following through, but then I see something happening around me that changes that. So I think I'll be a little bit inclined to do the same with her. Um, I I think she's good enough to come from last. I really do, even if she has to sit through wide most of the way. I, I think that's how good she is. But, you know, uh, how far back, and with here in New Zealand, especially because we have that push-down rule, if it was in Australia, no worries, you could just score up a little bit back from your position and jump out. Um, but here, with the push-down rule, you get that run the risk of getting pushed down push-down, push-down, push-down. So before you know it, you're 12 back down on the fence anyway. So um, it's, it's a real tricky one with her, Mick, but I, I certainly I don't want to be unlucky with her, but I think we're just a little bit dictated to by the draw there.
0: You've done plenty of driving at Menangle with great success. Is it a case for a horse like Here and the horse better, Trish, we're about to talk about, that that second quarter is really important? I mean, in the first quarter, that they, they tend to sort themselves out and get into some sort of order. And then in that second quarter at Menangle, you often see the good drivers, that's the quarter they move forward, so they're not locked back in the field in a quick last half. Is, is that your attitude to some of these jewels horses?
2: Oh, most definitely, Mick. And I think, um, I I do believe with the 12-horse field over the mile around Cambridge, I think it's too many in a field. And I think if you are on, say, one of your better horses, take Amazing Dream, for example, and she's stuck back on the fence behind a lot of, around her that are slow horses, you you aren't given the opportunity to get amongst them when you need to. so I just think that you've got to be up on the tempo. You don't see too many horses winning mile races from last unless they go absolutely ridiculous hard in the first two quarters. But um I think I think in most of the ones I'll be driving that they'll be put into the race early.
0: I know one who will be is race three, that's a better twist. Um for our Australian listeners who haven't seen her in the flesh yet, she's developed into a really good filly, Natalie.
2: Oh, she's a, she's a great filly, Mick. She's very um, typical better such a laid-back big girl. Um, she's still growing into her frame. Um, I'm, I'm actually glad that they've decided to give her a break after the jewels because I think she'll come back a lot better again. She's really quite tall and lean and all legs still. Um, but I think she'll have to be good, Mick, from barrier eight over the mile. I, I do think the way the draws have panned out, um, La Rosa, it's her race to lose. I, I just was very impressed with her in the oaks last week. Um, and they should win their last mile, I think, in 54 of the 2,600. So what's she going to do over a mile? And we know she's got the gate speed. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if we went 51, 52 in that race.
0: Natalie, there's two very good two-year-olds from the stable. There's a whole bunch of good two-year-olds made in Cullen's stable, but two who dominate the market in races four and five. True fantasy, I think, is a very good filly. And, uh, and Akuta, so he's actually in a later race, race six, he was quite stunning at Addington recently. So Are they both horses, all things being equal, you would expect to win?
2: Um, I would. I wouldn't underestimate a better you in the two-year-old fillies division. uh, Mark will be driving with this link, and I I just think she's a very quick filly. Um, I think in a couple of races to date, she hasn't been given an opportunity just the way the draws have panned out and the race have panned out. She's been the one up doing the donkey work. And I actually think she's quicker than she is tough. So I just wouldn't be surprised, and drawn in barrier two, she could get a very economical trip up close to the speed. Um, and I'd, I'd be a bit frightened if she was even on my back, you know, because I know how quick she can be. But I think okay. the true fantasy in saying that, it's her race to lose. She's got a good barrier draw. She'll be up on the tempo.
0: Yes. Yeah. Now, I think the race of the day is the last race, because it's so easy. Right. The four-year-old just can't go bad to the bone. You're driving South Coast Arden for Brink Mangos because he's suspended, and, of course, Copy, that's the best horse place, but he's drawn the outside of the second line. You've got barrier a seven. You can't really go back, so what do you do?
2: If we can't go back, Nick, it gives us one option. That means we go forward. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I think I think he's, he's a funny horse. Um, I'm very glad I've had two drives on him down here in Christchurch because he's a bit of a quirky guy. Um, and I just think he is a high-speed horse, so I don't think I've got any option but to go forward. I've Got to look for a forward spot, and I'd be very happy if I found park or the front. I would be holding, so um, I will be driving in very positive. And I'll, I haven't spoken to Brent yet, but I'm sure he'll be giving me them instructions anyway.
0: After this, Natalie, everybody's going to catch their breath in New Zealand and Australia, right? but of course, there's a massive carnival around the corner in Queensland. Um, Spankham is already there; he races this week. Um, Mark was telling you yesterday amazing dream, likely to head there and join Nate and Mark's son for that campaign. Uh, any others yes. from um from Hayden's team likely to turn up in Queensland? Yes.
2: Necessarily this year, no. Um, a bit of twist was talked about, but um, I think she's she's more beneficial for her to go for a break. Now. She's got nothing to prove, um, and she's in for a long enough season when she resumed anyway. But no, I'd, I'd say not at this stage Mitch. unless one of them three-year-old colts, you know, if they really step up at the tools, and we said, but if Krug's going, there's no point going to chase him. We've chased him here or yes.
0: Natalie, I'm, I'm sure you've, you've spoken to, uh, to Hayden about how the back end of the season goes, and of course... Um you know, the owners, is there an option there for a horse like a better twist or maybe, if not a cooter, one of the other two-year-olds to, to, to use the system to their advantage and actually race in Australia October and November, December so they can stay, a better twist case, a three-year-old or in the case of, say, a Cosmic Major, a two-year-old rather than actually having to age a year on August the 1st in New Zealand?
2: No, I think depending on how the the program is, when the feature race calendar comes out again and where they're all structured, um, because there's a lot of important races here, but I understand the importance of separating maybe Cosmic Major from your Akuta because I just don't quite think Cosmic Major is as good as Akuta at this stage. So if you could take advantage of the system there and take Cosmic Major maybe to Australia, you could maximise his earning capacity. Um, But I think just... It'll just that'll be all decided after the jewels. We'll get into the winter and have a really good look at all the programs and, and where it's all placed. And and then I suppose these horses, when they're they're ready to resume, how they look.
0: This time next week, Natalie, um, what's the most likely horse you would have driven to jewel success on Sunday? What's your most likely chance of
2: a winner? I think I'm actually for a tough day, Mick. To be honest with you, <laughs> but okay, I think the two-year-old filly, really, um, True is probably on barrier draw. She's got good manners, good barrier draw, so she'd be mine most likely.
0: Mate, we thank you for joining us this morning for that update on the Hayden Cullen Stable and your drives, and of course uh, training in the cold in New Zealand. We'll see you at the Jules on Sunday.
2: Yep, thank you, Mitch.
0: Natalie Rasmussen has a superstar book of drives at the Jewels. That's New Zealand's big season-ending harness racing meeting, with uh, nine hundred thousand dollars in stakes on Sunday. And those markets available on tab.com.au. Not push-button stuff for Natalie because she has some tricky draws, but she has some firepower, and she's the person for the job. We spoke earlier about Blake Fitzpatrick having a huge old weekend, Saturday and Friday. Another man who had a hell of a weekend, or a hell of a Saturday, was Cameron Hart. He's been on a charge, and he joined us now after driving four winners the other night at Monangle. Cameron, congratulations on a massive night at the office, mate.
3: Yeah, thanks very much, Mick. Um, yeah, it was a great night, and you've got to take advantage when you can. It's not easy to, to have those sort of nights uh, very often. Uh, I know this might be a silly question, but I've
0: got to ask it. I, I take it that's your most successful night at Monangle because...
3: Four on a Saturday is what's Luke McCarthy-like stuff, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's definitely my most successful night and been lucky enough to get a couple of doubles and a, a few placings and that. But, um, yeah, no, it was the first time I got a treble and then to get four was, um, yeah, no, really good. You drove them
0: for Jason Grimson, Was it a case that because Jack Trainer was away down in Melbourne
3: that you had more drives for Jason
0: than you might have had? Or, or why are you going to be doing
3: most of his number one driving? Yeah, that's right. Jack was down in uh, Victoria, so I, I got on a couple of extra ones. I've been doing a fair bit of driving for Jace anyway as Jack's sort of got a few of his own horses and, and uh, outside drives for upper trainers as well. So, um, yeah, we've probably been sort of 50-50 with Jace's horses of late and, um, you know, a couple of those drives last uh, on Saturday were, were Jacks, but um, you know, probably a couple of them would have been mine as well. So that's all working out really well. One of the most interesting ones,
0: Cameron, is, is Ruby's Fatash. Um, used to do its racing up in the River I believe, and now it's come down to, to town and it's been super. Like if, probably, if you'd told people three months ago Ruby's Tash was going to be cash and flow over a mile
3: at an angle, they might have struggled to believe it. Yeah, that's right. She's um, just gone from strength to strength um, since since short joining Jace's team. And, um, you know, she's just super quick. Uh, you know, when I got her out from the trail on Saturday night, I couldn't believe how quick she let down. and um, You know, she's just a mere racing with plenty of confidence. And, you know, full credit to Jace. he's getting the best out of her. Mate, you won the three-year-old
0: Philly's pacing consolation on Mamita for Whiston Terra who actually had a good night at the office. Um, she looks a Philly who probably is going to have a chance in a later season Oaks somewhere. I'm not saying she's going to beat better twist and some of the other fillies floating around because tough fillies pretty darn good, as, as is Antonia. But Marmita might
3: find maybe even a second grade Oak she can win somewhere. Yeah, she's a really honest little filly. And, um, you know, she's probably suited to that race on Saturday with a couple of those better fillies out of it in the, in the main, final in Melbourne. So she was able to be driven a little tougher and, um, you know, she's a real hard try on Philly and she could dug deep up the straight to get the uh, to get the win.
0: But Yoha uh, is a mare who I think still improving. You know, she's, she's obviously hasn't been in the
3: stable for that long. She's now won nine races. I would suggest she's not finished yet. Yeah, she was really impressive. Um, like you said, she's probably just still getting used to the style of racing at Menangle and, um, you know, she was able to get on the front end and, and run good time and I Think she's, you know, gonna be a mare that's gonna keep getting better and better um, each week as she races at the track and gets more used to that style of racing.
0: Well, four atman Angle on a Saturday night to hell of a performance, things might not be quite so glamorous, shall we say, at Canberra tonight. I hope you got your driving gloves. It could be a cold old night at the office. Um talk us through your drives there. First race you've got Miss Ayler, second line Bowery a draw. Doesn't look the strongest field in the world.
3: Yeah, it's um, a little bit of a tough draw, but she's a uh, four-foot from a spell tonight. and um, I was really happy with her run on Thursday at Penrith. She was a little unlucky late and, and made good ground the last 100 metres. so um, It's definitely an even race and probably a winnable race for her. Um, I think she's a top chance in that race. Second
0: on the card, so Jack drops back a little bit in grade from Penrith Company to
3: to Canberra,
0: and it looks the
3: ideal sort of race for him. Yeah, definitely. Um, he's a real sort of confidence horse, and if we can get him to the pegs and, and sort of keep him rolling along and keep everything away from him a bit, he, he tends to run his best races uh, in that sort of style. So, um, yeah, he's probably down in grade a little bit in this race, and from the draw, he should be a top chance.
0: Mate, in race three, you drive Abercrombie Flash for Earl Cochran. I um, actually thought this was, by Canberra standards, not a bad race for a $5,000 race. It's actually. Got a few horses, and
3: there's a bit of ability. Yeah, it's quite a tough race, and she comes up with a wide barrier, so it's going to be tough, but she, I was quite happy with her last run at Wagga. She did a bit of work in a quick first half. And, um, you know, there was a few handy ones in that race, and she sort of held her own late and didn't get beat too far, so she's probably just going to need a little bit of luck early to, to maybe try and slot in and, and get not too far away. But, um, yeah, hopefully with a little bit of luck, she should really be pushing top three or four.
0: Made another one for David White, uh, also coming back from Penrith last Thursday as Louisiana Freedom at base five. Tricky barrier draw, but two on the second line, it, it may work out okay.
3: Yeah, um, she's following out. One that probably comes out of the gate quite well, and she might be able to track through early and, and hopefully not get too bad, uh, too far back in the run. And um, she's third up from a spell and um, her run at Penrith the other day was re- really strong and. Uh, I think she's just starting to hit form, so hopefully she can run a good race. Mate, to wrap the day, you've got Mum's Pet Rock in race six
0: and Sally M in the seventh. What do you make of your two chances?
3: Yeah, Mum's Pet Rock's probably got a chance to crack a maiden win tonight. Um, it's a very even race, and probably a few of them are struggling to put a bit of form together, so hopefully she can get across them early and she's going to take a bit of running down. And Sally
0: in the last mate has Barry six, but look, these trotters pretty much line up against each other
3: every week and she's better than most of them. Yeah, she's been really consistent of and late. Um, yeah, I really like this mare. I've had a bit of luck on her. I think I've won three from four or something on her, so hopefully we can get her trotting away good early and um, get her up on the pace. I think she'll take a bit of beating in that race.
0: So, mate, is she your best
3: winning chance
0: in the capital tonight?
3: Yeah, I think Sally M and um, probably Miss Ayler, I really like her chances as well. Cam, congratulations on Saturday
0: night. It's a hell of a thing at your age. You've just won your first Group 1 to, to come to town and win four on a Saturday night. Mate, um, safe driving tonight and good luck at Canberra. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Cameron Hart, a guy who's had a massive night four wins on Saturday night, all for Jason Grimson. We also spoke to Blake Fitzpatrick. What a weekend for him and wife Lisa training galloping winners, trotting winners and driving a Group 1 pacing winner. And Natalie Rasmussen, who holds all sorts of records for Group 1 wins by a female of either code in any part of the world, joining us to talk about the Jewels. They're on Sunday, start just after 10 o'clock Sydney time. All the odds are available on tab.com.au. On the pace takes a break tomorrow, Brittany Graham, who's heading to the Jewels in New Zealand, May well talk about them again. When on the pace, we joined you at 10.30 on Wednesday. If you're having a bet today, we wish you the best of luck.